Welcome to Stats Will Roll, the podcast that will randomly generate all your characters so you don't have to. My name's Abby, better known as D8BitGaming on Twitter. And I am Alex, better known as Mr. Puddins on Twitter, Mr. Puddins. And you might know us from a little tabletop role-playing game stream known as The Chromatic Chimera, where we play all sorts of fun RPGs. We have two persistent D&D campaigns, one DM'd by myself, and Abby's a player in both, and I play in the other one. And we have all kinds of other fun stuff coming up for your viewing and or listening pleasure. Yeah, we are actually trying to get our persistent campaigns converted to podcasts. So if you're not one that is really into watching streamed actual plays, or you don't maybe have time to sit down for the three hours or so that we we play, uh, we are looking to convert them all to podcasts that are like an hour each to make them a little more bite-sized, make it easier for everybody. Yeah, so um, if that's your jam, uh, just keep an eye on the Twitter. Uh, follow- we also have Twitter for Chromatic Chimera if you're interested in that. Anyway, without any further ado, shall we get to doing what we do here at Stats Will Roll? Yeah, uh, so let's you know briefly talk about what we're going to do, just in case anyone's new here. If you're new, thank you for joining us. Um, and if you're coming back, thank you. Oh yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for being new. Thank you for coming back. We love you anyway, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. So what we're going to do here is I have a is I have a custom character generator that I built using a bunch of Excel formulas, and I'm going to press a big button that says stats will roll, and we're going to get an alignment, a race, a class, a background, and stats using the roll 46 drop the lowest method. Yeah, so um, we're going to go with that, and without any further ado, would you like to press the big button that says stats will roll? I would love to. Drum roll, please. <gasps> All right, today we are making a chaotic good high elf barbarian sage, and our stats are a 17, two 15s, a 12, a 10, and a 9. These are pretty good stats. They are. They are pretty good. I like that 17 right away. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's a lot of odd numbers. So, but just looking at this from, you wouldn't usually put a, a sage elf as a barbarian. No, definitely not. But I feel like we've made weirder stuff. Yeah. I we mean, can make this work. We, we did make a half-work sorcerer kind of work, so I think we can, you the know. The sorcerer? Yes. Hey, that's my joke. I know it is, and I stole it. Ha ha ha. So, uh... If you've ever played an elf before, or ever seen one, how are you really playing Dungeons and Dragons? All right. So, as an elf, as you know, you'll live a really long time. I, I think most people have run into an elf or played an elf if you've played Dungeons and Dragons for more than maybe, like, two sessions. Yeah, chances are you've come across an elf. It's kind of like people have come across humans, people have come across dwarves. They're one of the classics. Yeah, they were one of the very few races that you could play in first edition, right? Yeah, and when they viewed those as separate classes in and of themselves, elves Mm -hmm. and dwarves. So, but here we are. We've got an elf and a barbarian. Two very opposite sides of the character spectrum. Yeah, you wouldn't normally see these together. Uh, So as an elf, your dex increases by two, uh, which is nice. I think you had said something before about how you can actually make a dex barbarian. It's possible, yes. I mean, you'll miss out on a few things, but you can do it. And I mean, just having a nice dex increase is nice to have, even if we do go strength. 
Yeah. You know? Because uh, with Barbarian, we're looking at unarmored defense, and you're going to need a high dex and constitution for your unarmored defense to be better than... Because it's not strength-based. So having more points in the decks, even if we don't go off of our decks, is actually really good because we'll have more armor then. True. And then we actually... So we're going to be in a high elf. This isn't just, you know, your regular elf. We, we do have a subclass that was sub-race. We do have a sub-race that was designated for us through this character generator so as a high elf our intelligence score increases by one which helps us not at all not at all right now but maybe uh intelligence does oversee some skills that are really good to have like nature and arcana and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but it's kind of fun to look at this barbarian because like not only are elves just kind of not barbarian no High elves, in my mind, are the haughtiest, you know, pinkies out type elves. Like, a barbarian would not be. Like, it's... I'm still trying to get over the fact that we're trying... We're going to be making a high elf barbarian. I know. When you think high elf, for me, at least, I, I think very Lord of the Rings elf, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people think that about elves in general. When you're going to play an elf, you don't think of this super strong angry berserker warrior you think of wizards you think of mages you think of archers uh you think of more of the dex based type of fighter or ranger Mm -hmm. you know like i I could see a high elf maybe even being a a pretty good monk yeah you don't get a a wisdom increase at all but well that's when you'd go wood elf but yeah you because you uh for those uh, you at home we determined that there are certain races where the sub races are enough of a difference yeah where they they make enough of a difference where we should break them down into uh, those different sub races for our generator like when we come to halflings uh it's not going to tell us which kind of halfling we should play because there's very little narrative difference between those halflings yeah. uh same with dwarves i believe even dragonborn yeah. it's not too crazy different whereas the different types of elves the different types of genasi it's a really big jump between those sub races because you also have to you have things like the dark elf you have eladrin you there's just so many differences between all the elves that it's just kind of like oh yeah, and if we were to say, oh, we're playing an elf today, we'd have about a million sub-races to, to sort through <laughs> yeah. to decide which ones we're going to play. So, so we're, we're playing a high elf today. So um, we're medium. Base walking speed is 30 feet. Like every race in D&D 5e, they have dark vision. Uh, keen senses. As an elf, we will have a proficiency in perception, which is not a bad thing to have. Perception is usually good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fey ancestry. You have advantage on saving throws against being charmed, and magic can't put you to sleep. That's nice. Let me tell you what's the worst thing to happen. You're wading into battle, and all of a sudden your barbarian turns on you and starts beating the crap out of the mage. Yeah, that's not good. Well, our fate ancestry is going to help make that a bit of a rare occurrence. Mm -hmm. So as a high elf, we also get that one free cantrip from the wizard spell list right out of the gate. The only setback here is that as a barbarian, when we're raging, we can't cast spells. Yeah, um, but or concentrate on them, right? But you can choose a nice utility spell that Mm -hmm. you'd be able to use outside of combat. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm thinking here. If you're going to choose one, maybe something like... um, so we're not going for a damage dealer right here. No, you could go for like thaumaturgy, prestidigitation. Wizards can kind of just learn all kinds of fun spells. Even their cantrips are kind of cool. 
Is there anything that might be super useful utility-wise outside of, like, combat? Like, something uh, I don't think identify as a cantrip. I think that's a first-level spell. No, can't uh, identify is most certainly is most certainly a first level spell. There's stuff like mending, mage hand, Ooh, light. Mage hand's a good one. Message. Oh, message is a really good one. I mean, wizards get a ton of them. So yeah, if you're going to play a high elf barbarian, high. If you're going to play a high elf barbarian, I would highly suggest uh, your cantrip be something utility, because it's very, un- it's very rare that you'd be able to use it in combat as a barbarian when you're raging. You can't cast spells. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people really manage mm-hmm. the casting, like they've multi-class barbarian, they've managed the casting versus raging thing, but if you want to let less of a headache, you want to just have an easier time, just choose... Uh, choose a utility cantrip. I love utility spells. They're really useful, and message is very useful, especially when you're trying to commu- want to communicate with party member, but you got to be quiet, and they are at a distance. Definitely. Uh, we also get an extra language, so we get what elvish common, and then one extra of our choice. Yeah, and then we're gonna have uh, the proficiency with longsword, short sword, short bow, and longbow. Which will not make much of a difference here because no. we're going to be a barbarian. Yeah. But, I mean, as elves tend to get a lot of stuff because we also don't have to sleep. We just trance as an elf. Now, that bonus to dex that we get, that's going to help with our our, um, our unarmored defense, right? Correct. So that's nice, at least. Yes. Uh, so that's it's really cool, uh, even if we don't end up using the dex. I've taken... I did a... Uh, Genasi Barbarian while back, Krakatur, my boy, uh, and I went with Air Genasi strictly for the dex boost because I wanted a higher AC. Mm-hmm. Afraid I was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so let's take a quick look at the Barbarian. Uh, as you know, Barbarians are kind of the classic primal warrior. They, instead of relying on training or skill, they rely on... Rage. Rage or, yeah, just sheer rage. Uh, I think we said in the Doragon episode, the main difference between a barbarian and a fighter in my eyes is that a fighter is trained to use weapons as fighters trained to well fight, Mm -hmm. where a barbarian isn't, and they just kind of have the knack for it through either this just this primal energy or just rage. Yeah, they have this this something inside of them that they're able to tap into to help them with their their combat. Mm. Uh, where you know, as a fighter or a ranger or you know, a rogue, typically it, it's something that you've learned over time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that a barbarian can't have that. I'm not saying that a barbarian can't have been trained to be a barbarian. But it's not as necessary. It's yeah. something that they they look inside them and they just explode with this rage that they have. Mm-hmm. And that rage can be flavored however you want. Yeah, I think that's something I was going to want to, I was wanting to touch on mm-hmm. was the rage mechanic. Yeah. Because as a barbarian, we're going to get light, medium armor, shield proficiencies. We're going to get all the weapons. And we're going to get to choose two skills from animal handling, athletics, intimidation, nature, perception, and survival. Mm-hmm. And then there's rage. And then there's rage. So rage is uh, rage is basically the mechanic barbarians are built around. Mm-hmm. Uh, every class seems to be built around a certain mechanic. Rage is the barbarians. Definitely. So would you like to tell us what rage does? 
So, in battle, you fight with a primal ferocity. Uh, you can rage as a bonus action, and you gain um, advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. Um, when you make your melee attack using your strength, you gain a bonus to the damage roll that increases as you gain levels in Barbarian. And you also have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage, which and is very nice. And this is as long as you are not wearing armor. Yes. So you don't want to wear armor because you get this unarmored defense, which is really great. You get um, your armor class equals 10 plus your dex modifier plus your con modifier. Mm-hmm. And the only thing to make note of, as we said, can't cast or concentrate spells while raging. No. And uh, your rage lasts for a minute, which is usually most combats. Um, yeah. It's six rounds, basically. Exactly. So it's most likely going to get you through a combat. Mm-hmm. And it can end early if you're knocked unconscious or if your turn ends and you haven't attacked a hostile creature since your last turn or taken damage since then. You can also end your rage on your own. And then you'll you get a certain number of rages... Per long rest. Yeah, so I mean, if your combat does go long and you're not expecting to jump into another combat later that day, you you could rage again. Yeah. Most likely, depending yeah. on what level you are. But uh, let's go back to what you were talking about before, uh, flavoring rage, mm-hmm. uh, because the common trope of barbarians is to get really angry, hulk out. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> it can really be anything, like uh, with. I played a, a kind of a jokey barbarian a long time ago. Oh, jeez. Uh, Plopip, the gnome barbarian. Yes. And I, I'm pretty sure that he oh, he just raged by, like, doing a ton of cocaine, basically. He did drugs, which yeah. is actually, uh, if you look at, uh, a lot of classes have a real-life historical basis. Yeah. Paladins are based off of the paladin warriors who followed Charlemagne. Uh, Druids are actually based off the old political religious leaders of the Celtic society. That's why they Mm kind of have a divine bend to them. Barbarians are based off the Ulfhinder from Norse warriors. There were these uh, Norse warriors that were known for flying into these rages, basically like real-life barbarians. And some historians theorize that they snorted mushroom dust Mm -hmm. to enter this rage. Where the, like even their allies wouldn't come near them because they were so afraid of getting hit by them. And, and I mean, you know, it, it, and I mean, like you could go that way. I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like it, it, you have to be kind of sensitive about it if you're going to have it be related to drugs, just because obviously addiction is a real oh, problem. Yeah. It's a real disease, so you, you do have to handle it very very gently when you do that. But uh, there are plenty of other ways to do it. Uh, you could have them get really drunk but also that's another one you have to handle carefully because uh, alcohol is a real thing the way i did it with crack tur was when i played crack tur back in tales of Swordfall was he was inhabited by an a primordial spirit uh-huh. and whenever he raged it was the spirit taking over oh. him so i called it what did it, i i kind of refer to it as like two drivers behind the wheel type deal i like that a lot uh you can and you i did it with the storm herald you can do it it fits really well with totem warrior and uh as well as where is it the ancestral guardian uh, you could do something like that. Maybe it's kind of, or you could do like it's a weird avatar state if you want to go oh. with uh, Avatar, the last airbender. You can mm-hmm. have it where there, this character comes from a clan of warriors who have a special warrior in their clan that is the reincarnation of all their great heroes of old. And when they rage, it's them bringing forth one of the old 
war one of the warriors of old forward. I do like that a lot. Um, there and uh, some people I think uh, in Murder Dice, uh, David who plays Brain, where I think he instead goes into an, a state of like hyper intense focus. Oh. Instead of getting angry, it's more of like this hyper focus. Okay. Shout out to Murder Dice. Yes. So it's really cool because you can you can. There's a lot of directions people can take it. And if you want it to be I Hulk out, that's fine. Yeah. that's That would be actually super cool. Uh, you can even, like, flavor it where it's like you basically make the Hulk. They're the result of alchemical and magical experimentation. And when they get angry, they turn big and purple. I'd be into it. So, I mean, I've had some really weird ones. Uh, another one I've had is if you go with, like, Totem Warrior. Uh, they have a form of lycanthropy. And when they rage, it's like the lycanthropy coming out. Oh, okay. So there, the, here are just some ideas to help you along when you're making a barbarian. As we mentioned, unarmored defense. Unarmored defense is like that along with rage are the bread and butter of making a barbarian. As, and with that dex bonus we're going to get, this is going to be really good. Because I, I assume with our stats, we're going to put that 17 or highest in a strength and mm-hmm. then the 215s in a dex and con. Yeah. And then the 12, 10, and 9, I don't really care. They can go wherever. Okay. Um, An armor defense is your armor class will be 10 plus your dex plus your constitution modifiers mm-hmm. when you aren't wearing armor. And you can use a shield mm-hmm. and still benefit from an armor defense. That's nice. I, I do like shields. That plus 2 AC is mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> then at level 2, we'll get reckless attack. Uh, so you can throw aside all concern for defense to attack with fierce desperation when you make your first attack. You can just decide to attack recklessly. Doing so gives you advantage on melee weapon attack rolls using strength during this turn, but attack rolls against you will also have advantage. Ooh. Yeah, I can see how this would be very difficult to do a dex build for a barbarian. Yeah, so we're going to stick to the strength most likely. Danger sense, basically you have advantage on uh, dexterity saving throws against traps, and you also... No, that's it. Yeah. Traps and spells. You have advantage of dexterity saving throws against the defects that you can see, such as traps and spells. Uh, and then at 5th fifth, fifth level, we do get an extra attack, and I, I believe we... Hmm? And more movement. And more movement. Oh. And I think we do get more attacks as we go up, or... No, that's only fighter. Ah! You know, fighters are better. Stay with fighters. Just have someone haste you. Yeah, have someone haste you so you can get more attacks. But fighters are the best. Um, yeah, imagine reckless uh, reckless attack with haste. Ooh. It's a lot of attacks with advantage. Ooh. Uh, you're going to get some instinct. Uh, so you have advantage on initiative rolls at 7th. Ooh, that's nice. You can get crazy criticals at ninth. And then you get more rage stuff, more criticals. And then basically as you go up in level, your rage and criticals will go up. And once you hit uh, 20th, you basically your strength and constitution scores will go up by 4. Oh, and that gives you that brings you to your maximum for these scores is now twenty four. So you can have above a twenty in some of these because I know a lot of times you can get restricted and, and say, oh, this score can't go above twenty. But that changes. Not magically. Most uh, most ability scores for player characters can't go above twenty. Really? Unless there's magic somewhere. Ah. Okay. Except that's that feature stops that. That mm-hmm. feature basically resets your maximum to 24 instead okay that's a 20th level who actually gets a 20th level uh i never have uh so let's talk about the primal paths because at level yes. three we're going to choose one of these primal paths okay uh, i know that they just recently unearthed arcana came out with this wild soul fey barbarian we're not going to touch that because it's not official yet it's not official yet 
So we have the Ancestral Guardian, the Battle Rager, but that's for dwarfs only, so that's off our list. Okay. Berserker, Storm Herald, Totem Warrior, and Zealot. The Ancestral Guardian, uh, so that's kind of like they have, this is kind of like that Avatar-y one where it's like okay. they have an ancestral spirit that, or ancestral guardians that kind of, uh, spectral warriors that appear when they rage to protect them. The Berserker is your classic angry barbarian. Uh, oh, fun fact, Ulf Heatner, where we get the barbarian class, is also the basis of the word Berserker. Oh. So, starting to come together. Storm Herald is a barbarian who gets elemental powers. You get to choose between uh, lightning, fire, or more. I should remember this. <laughs> oh, cold. I would want to stay away from Storm Herald just because we recently did a Storm Sorcerer. Okay, so Storm Herald's off the list. we got Totem Warrior. This is like a barbarian who kind of has a sort of spirit animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have an animal, spirit animal guide, protector, and inspiration in battle. This one's kind of, you get kind of some really cool features. This is kind of like Team Barbarian that helps the team out sometimes with some of their, mm-hmm. if they choose certain animal stuff. And Zealot is basically um, religious barbarian. See, I think I would either go with Zealot or Ancestral Guardian. Hmm. You want to go with Ancestral Guardian? Sure, we can do that. All right. And that kind of fits like the elf thing. Elves have like some of that weird ancestor stuff going on, even though they live for frickin' ever. (laughs) So as an Ancestral Guardian, we're going to get Ancestral Protectors. So when you choose this path third level, Spectral Warriors appear when you enter your rage. While you're raging, the first creature hit with an attack on your turn becomes a target of the warriors, which hinders its attacks. Till the start of your next turn, that target has disadvantage on any attack roll that isn't against you. And if they hit a creature other than you with an attack, that creature has resistance to the damage dealt by the attack. And at 6th level, you get Spirit Shield. So you get uh, like Guardian Spirits that'll provide protection against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, this goes for you while you're raging and one other creature that you can see within 30 feet of you. Uh, and you can use your reaction to reduce any damage by 2d6. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. There's no limit on that. No, but then uh, as you kind of level up, this actually gets better, so you can reduce it by 3d6 at 10th and 4d6 at 14th level. And then at 10th level, you will get Consult the Spirits. You gain the ability to consult with your ancestral spirits. When you do so, you cast the Augury or Clairvoyance spells without using a spell slot or material components. Rather than creating a spherical sensor... This use of augury invisibly summons one of your ancestral spirits to the chosen location. Wisdom is your spell casting ability for these spells. Mm. So maybe we want to put that 12 into wisdom. Maybe. Uh, at 14th, we get vengeful ancestors. So your ancestral spirits grow powerful enough to retaliate. When you use your spirit shield to reduce the damage of an attack, the attacker takes the amount of force damage equal to the damage that your spirit shield prevents, which is kind of nice. It's just, it's just like boing, boing, back at you. Yep, yep. So that's really cool. Uh, honestly, I don't think for these spells, uh, the augury and clairvoyance. points, I don't really think your modifier really matters for these. They, they're just kind of utility spells. Okay. So what I'm getting from this is that you're kind of being a team player barbarian. Uh, and I like that. I like team players. Yeah, so that's really cool. Uh, so I think it's time that we kind of talk about, uh, I think we talked about the mechanics. I think it's time we kind of touch on 
how we're going to flavor this character. We kind of got some ideas, but like we don't have anything. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, when we do this, we kind of start getting the idea as we're throwing the character together. I know. This, I'm kind of stuck on this one. And I mean, maybe maybe looking at the sage background might help us a little bit. So the sage background, you spent years learning the lore of the multiverse. You scoured manuscripts, studied scrolls, and listened to the great experts on the subjects that interest you. Your efforts have made you a master in your fields. So we're going to get arcana and history proficiencies. So that's good that we're going to be kind of boosting up our intelligence to help us with those. Mm -hmm. We're going to get two more languages. Oh, wow. Lots of languages. So that's really, that's kind of really cool. Um, and then they kind of get different. You can choose a different specialty if you want. So let's see. I'm trying to think of a good way to marry all of these together. What if our high elf was a student of some kind? Like they were researching and maybe they came across like a cursed tome or something. I was I was thinking maybe something like that or, you know, I really am a fan of the ancestral spirits yeah. coming out when they rage. Perhaps they were an astronomer and, mm -hmm. you know, there's that weird like Lion King-esque... The ancestors are in the stars. The great kings of the past are up there, Simba. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that's kind of what I've got going on in Eberyn as well, mm -hmm. in Steam Spell, with uh, the astral star and whoever is practitioner of that religion uh, that believes that a bunch of their ancestors joined the empire of the great night sky. Mm -hmm. uh, we could do something like that if you want. Yeah, we could do something like that. So how would we marry the sage background with that? Well, I like your idea of, like, cursed tome or okay. something like that. Perhaps they do find a tome that helps them unlock the secrets of a constellation. Mm. And they have ancestor spirits residing in that constellation. Or that helps them unlock the old spirit, the warriors of old of their society. Okay. Their high elf society. Maybe they come from this haughty high elf society, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of like, you know... The, They've developed over time, but they've forgotten about their warriors of old who mm -hmm. beat back the threats of dragons and demons and things like that. They've lost respect for these old warriors. But our sage, our elf, has rediscovered these spirits who were kind of maybe forgotten about. Okay. And because they have the knowledge of these spirits, the spirits are like, you are our chosen, you know, our chosen vessel. I like that. So I'm the question I'm kind of wondering is do the other high elves in their society respect them for this or do they see them as this outsider this weirdo because that's not the high elf way i would say they see them as a weirdo an outcast think? i think they'd become an outcast because you know maybe they'd be prone to these bouts of quote-unquote rage where the uh -huh. ancestral spirits sort of take over uh whenever they get you know Maybe not just angry, but reach any heightened emotional state. Uh, and it would turn them into something of an outcast, a weirdo, uh, what have you. That would make them kind of be on the outside of their society. That would open the way to make it really easy to ditch them and join the adventurers. Mm -hmm. To join the party, to join the group. Now, when they rage, are we talking more like... They just kind of gain these powers from their, these, this ancestral spirit or spirits, or are, are they almost possessed in a way? And like the spirit kind of takes over. Uh, I think you can go either way with that. I mm -hmm. think either would be interesting. Uh, I'm guessing there's multiple spirits, so mm -hmm. we could go with that whole avatar feel, that whole... There are multiple warriors of old who inhabit this vessel. Because I, I definitely feel like if the high elf society sees them as this outsider as this pariah because 
they act so weird because they maybe don't believe or don't remember in these ancient warrior spirits, I feel like that would really take the spirits off. Yeah, or perhaps, you know, the high elves, there's like a, a group of them that purposefully locked these spirits away in the oh. stars. Maybe that's in something else. There's all kinds of like, and the, these are sort of things that like, maybe not the player-wise, but your DM can think about this to mm-hmm. kind of give you your character, you know, all of us when we play characters, we like to have it when our DM kind of gives us specific character-related quests, mm-hmm. story arcs, and whatnot. There's definitely enough little nibbles and little hooks in there for the DM to kind of play with as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and perhaps the spirits guide our character to the adventuring party and whatnot. Maybe the spirits, they, they recognize that this society does not see them as the great heroes, the great warriors of old that they once were. And they task our barbarian with going somewhere, retrieving something, maybe finding mm-hmm. some some old scrolls or something that tell of these great heroes' journeys, these great warriors' deeds. And that's why they're off on this, this adventure, is because they're trying to bring this history of their society back into the light. And maybe even, like... You know, maybe the big bad or whatever of the story arc, perhaps the ancient evil that they had defeated before has retur- is returning. Ooh. And so our high elf, not only are they trying to show the elves that they have become decadent and lost their ways of, you know, these great and ancient warriors, perhaps they're, the evil's returning. And because the high elves have forgotten about the warriors, they've forgotten about the evil as well. Mm-hmm. The monsters that they beat back long ago. There's a lot of direction you can take this character. And I really love the idea that we're also breaking the mold of the stupid barbarian. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned it with uh, Brain and Murder Dice because he's also a really good example of a not, like, a smart barbarian. Mm-hmm. Like, he lived in a library. Like, they've party recruited him in a library. He mm-hmm. loves to read. He loves to study. And I think that with the sage, he might be a sage background for all we know. We should ask. Um, But, like, we kind of have that whole, like... Our barbarian's not stupid. Yeah. They're actually smart. They like to research. They like to read. They're not like, the words. Yeah. So I might actually put that 12 into intelligence mm-hmm. then. And maybe the 10 into wisdom, the 9 yeah. into charisma. Our elf doesn't have to be the most charismatic. If they're considered an outcast and a, a weirdo in their society, maybe they don't. And, you know, if they're a shut-in bookworm, they might not have learned the ways of, well, socializing. <laughs> I'm kind of imagining in my head that this is some, like, bespectacled, nerdy dork. Yeah, that's fine. Not every barbarian has to be, like, you know, like He-Man or Conan, where they just wear a harness and they've got, like, a glistening oil chest. Like, they go in, they they rage, and they, after the battle, they come out of it, and they're like, oh, oh, I'm terribly sorry. Oh, my, I don't know what came over me. Yeah, and... And that's the other thing, like, uh, you know, something that we we talked about a little bit with Sorcerer as well, uh-huh. was, you know, we don't, we haven't covered it a lot, but, like, how these characters look. Because how your character looks speaks a lot about them. Uh, and it's kind of like the same with Barbarian. Look up a Barbarian, you're got, you've got warriors wearing fur and nothing. Yeah. Loincloths. Mm-hmm. Great axes. You name it. When I played Krakatur, he was wearing, like, he wore, like, robes. Yeah, I'm very much <clears> picturing <throat> robes. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like a poncho type deal because like they're like going like Indiana Jonesy where they're like uh-huh. 
delving in the ruins. Maybe they got like a little explorer's hat, the the glasses. The... I'm, I'm definitely thinking like spectacles, like round Harry Potter spectacles. And then like they have the long flowy elf hair, but they hate how it gets in their face. So they tie it up in like a little half pony. Yes. So they tie it up in a little half pony just so it doesn't get in the way. Yeah. And like, I like the idea that, you know, they wear regular clothes and they can be, you can be strong without being like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um, and also these spirits might make them supernaturally strong. Yeah, maybe, I mean, I mean, maybe it's, maybe their appearance changes when they rage. Yeah, and if they're using a shield, maybe they're, this is kind of goofy, but maybe their shield's like a big old book. <laughs> their old college textbook they have no oh use God. for anymore. <laughs> I bought this for $300 and they said they would give me 30 back. <laughs> Uh, so you, you can, you know, and that's if you want to make, like, a, a, a doofy joke out of it, but and I could imagine them, like, collecting books and yeah. wanting to read more and read about the, their, try and find more knowledge about these spirits, because they probably, have, they'll grow closer to these spirits, and mm-hmm. they'll feel bad about how elven society, or wherever they're from, has forgotten about them, because they don't have to necessarily be elven spirits, I mean, if this high elf just comes from a society. Yeah. I think it would be very cool if it was high elf spirits, though. Yeah. Uh, and I also think that this could give your DM, you know, how, how when you someone plays a warlock it kind of gives your dm a free little way to interact with the character in game or like the cleric with their god exactly paladins with their oath like this very much does the same thing oh yeah get some really cool dream sequences from this maybe they visit you at camp in the middle of the you know in the evening while everyone's still awake but maybe they're the only one that can see them and everyone thinks they're kind of crazy because they're talking to nothing that's how that's kind of what Krakatur like he'd be talking to the spirit in his head and no one could hear the spirit but they'd hear him talking to the spirit you could also you you can do something like that and that Mm -hmm. really opens you up for character interaction we don't Mm -hmm. talk about that a lot either is interacting with other members of your party becoming involved with them Mm -hmm. by talking look by looking basically talking to the air your party members are going to be like hey uh what's a What's the what's the nerd's problem? You okay? <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be like, what's what's geek? What's the geeky elf's problem? Or you know, maybe the party. Maybe you tell the party. Maybe you say, oh hey, I have these weird spirits in my head. <laughs> I mean, obviously you say it in a way that actually explains it and doesn't make you sound like a like a crazy person. Uh, but maybe the party comes to understand that they yeah. come to to see that like you have these greater beings within you that kind of only come out to play when you're in a fight. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a really good way, especially if you have another spiritual character in the uh-huh. party, that can really create a good relationship between your character and that character. I could very much see uh, this barbarian being very good friends with either, you know, a cleric mm-hmm. or even potentially a monk. Like, Oh, most certainly a monk. Mm-hmm. Uh, even maybe even a druid of mm-hmm. certain kinds. Heck, maybe even bards, because like a lore, like a lore bard would want to study. Yeah. And if there's this, if there's this story that's been untold, the bard's gonna want to know every last detail about this story because they're gonna be like, wait, you mean there's a story out there I don't know about? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. And they're like, because like you know, it'd be like the classic like, 
the our character tries to tell the story is really boring and it's got a lot of stupid, silly details that are just like. And the, the bard's just like, okay, yeah, taking notes, all right. And you know, our, the, our character would be like, and in the in the ancient age before blah blah blah, back when the blah blah blah, and it'd be like the boring historical stuff where the bard would be like, so long ago there were these elf warriors that were really <laughs> cool. So like, I could really picture like the bard could then maybe help them eventually tell this story give these ancient warriors the respect they deserve and even maybe earn the respect of their fellow high elves okay you know yeah i I mean everyone i I believe is really just a sucker for a good story so if you're able to tell it better and you're able to tell it in a way that inspires people then yeah, that could have a, that could make a big difference when it's this elf's turn to go home and be like, hey, so these spirits are real and they exist and they're really mad that you don't like them. Yeah, or they're really upset that you maybe kind of forgot where we came from. Yeah. You know, especially if you play up the whole haughty, I know it's like the tropey thing, but like mm-hmm. especially if you play up the haughty oh, oh, high elves, you know, the high elves who think they're better than everyone and think like like anyone who would be a barb, they're above barbarians and tribal societies, mm-hmm. right? But then like your character could be like, hey, we came from that too at some point. Mm-hmm. Like let, let, Uncle, let Uncle Tim tell you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think we've done a really good job working on this. I think we, we've covered a lot of the narrative and the different possibilities that you can go with, like the different ways that you can go with this character. Yeah. And we've made a high elf barbarian sage work. Yeah. As I, much as we can. I, I think it actually does really work. Mm-hmm. Sure, your ability score increases aren't necessarily going to make for the best barbarian. Yeah. But... We're, we're not min-maxers here at Stats Will Roll. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's got a lot of narrative weight to it. It does. And I really enjoy that. I, I would rather play a character like this. It's got a lot of narrative weight. And it, I love breaking the mold. Breaking the mold is something I enjoy doing. It's kind of a, was one of the main goals of the setting I made for Steam Spell, was to break the mold of fantasy tropes and whatnot. And this definitely does. You've got this high elf nerd <laughs> who's... You know, they're they're basically a scholar, and they become a barbarian. Yeah, not on purpose. I like accidental characters. I, I like, do. I think they're fun. I kind of like with the sorcerer or like other characters we talk about, where they kind of just accidentally come into their powers or their class or whatever. I like I like it when we explore that. When I'm, instead of just like, oh well, I been a fighter my whole life it's all i've ever known mm-hmm. instead it's like uh yeah i just kind of got my powers yesterday y'all oh uh, this was an accident you're gonna have to bear with me i just got my powers yesterday so <laughs> now uh so i think that's all that's left is to come up with a name yes i don't know in my okay so this isn't actually a name but in my head i'm thinking this is like avatar the last elf bender you can't hear it, but Alex's eyes just rolled straight out of his head. So... Elf names are when you can get all flowery and fun. Yeah, elf and, names are when you can start adding, like, ten apostrophes and no one blinks an eye. And a few Ys where they don't belong. Like, you know, the name, like, Llewellyn or whatever it is. <laughs> the old Welsh kings. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm looking through kind of the stuff that they have in the book, and... Uh, I'm trying to find something that could go either masculine or feminine. Now, they have these family names in here, and, you know, I feel like this is very difficult to put a name on. Yeah, I would agree. Just because, 
a lot of the story we kind of left up to this this player, whoever would be playing this, or whoever would be using this as an NPC. I, I feel like it would be a little unfair to name this. I would agree. I would have to agree. And that's okay that we leave stuff open-ended, because the idea is to just get the kind of the creative process going, mm-hmm. and then let whoever is going to be utilizing this kind of tweak it here and there to fit their own the lore of their own world and tweak it to be what they want it to be so yeah we'll i think we don't need a name for this one yeah you know what listeners let us know what you would name this character yeah tag us on twitter at uh, d8bitgaming and mr puddins or send us an email at statswillroll at gmail.com one word statswillroll and if you want us to make a character you have an idea for if, if you want to send us an alignment, a race, a class, and a background. We'll make your character for you. Send it to us over email, over Twitter, whatever works. Or let's say you've already got a character in a pretty well-established campaign. You send us some basic stuff, uh, send us some information on them, and we might be, we'll try and help you out through whatever bridge, hump, or hurdle you're trying to get over. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as always, if you're feeling super, super generous, please either go into your Apple Podcasts or steal your friend's Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, please. We will love you forever and we will give you personal high fives. Yes. And uh, if you do end up using either our High Elf Nerdbarian or any of the characters we've created here on Stats Will Roll, give us a shout out. Let us know. Um, if it's actual play, give us drop a link. Yeah, if you guys are using this uh, or any of our other characters on a stream or a podcast, please let us know. We would love to see them in action. Obviously, uh, we we don't have the time to play every single character we make here. No, but we would love to, and we would love to see it happen. Oh yeah. So if that does happen, let us know how it works. Uh, even if you just use like the basis, like oh, you listen to this episode and you're like, oh man, you know what? High Elf Barbarian, that, that's rad. That could work. Like, let us know if that's, like, something you end up using. Yeah, I would definitely. love to hear about it. So, I think I would call this High Elf Barbarian World. Yeah. And with that... I'm Alex. And I'm Abby. And, and this, this has been, been Stats, Stats Will Roll. Fuck Cancer Roll Dice is a yearly streaming event dedicated to fundraising for the fight against cancer. This year's event will feature numerous tabletop games, from D&D to Call of Cthulhu and a wonderfully wide cast of hosts and players. Streams will run over the course of three days, from November 22nd to November 24th, and we would be delighted if you would join us at twitch.tv slash coach underscore Zach. That's twitch.tv slash coach underscore Z-A-C. All proceeds from the event will go directly to Fuck Cancer, an organization dedicated to uniting the community in an effort to prevent, detect, and defeat cancer. They work hard to build support networks for those who have been diagnosed and to assist in detecting cancer before it's too late. You can find more information about Fuck Cancer on their website at letsfcancer.com. All donations will be handled via Tiltify so you can be certain where your money is going. So if you're a fan of tabletop games or even new to the community, we welcome you with open arms. Join us the weekend of November 22nd where we say, fuck cancer, roll dice.